up, kid. All I gotta say is, Portland can't say shit. It's scintillating. It's sensational. It's Seattle Sounders FC soccer. Playoff time, baby. Welcome to Sounders Scuttlebutt. I'm Aaron Lingley, and as always, I'm joined by your Alliance Council President, Guerrilla FC President, and the Communications Director for the Independent Supporters Council, Cameron Collins. How are you, my friend? Good, good. Been in a, a day of meetings for me, but uh, before I introduce our guest here and say hello, Aaron, thank you for uh, bringing us all together today. Uh, I don't know if Mr. Daniel Boniface sent this to you, Aaron, but you know our theme song for the show that everyone just heard? Yeah, the best theme song in all podcast land. It sounds like somehow it must have gotten to Apple TV or someone involved because the highlights for the uh, RSL Colorado game, like the pre-seat, like pre-game, like promo, had that song in it. Come on. So they heard it. They, I mean, how else are they going to come across that, right? So Apple TV must have had someone that hear it go, these guys are awesome. And they're now using it to promote their soccer games. Uh, Seagulls and all. Yeah. Who's that? Oh. Who's that? Oh. Who's that? It is the one and only. Who's that? The man with the plan. The secretary of the Sounders FC Alliance Council. The co-director of ECS Pub League, is that right? The uh, the man who knows every concert venue in America because he's seen bare naked ladies at every one of them at least once. And I think he goes to two concerts a day sometimes. The one and only Nicholas Biella. What's up, Nick? That is a hell of an introduction. So hello. Thank you. Thank you. It's been and you only invite me to like one week. concert a week. You go to 14? <laughs> hey, I mean, I have invited both of you to concerts within the last, and you've both accepted within within the last few weeks. Yeah, so. I'm pretty stuck. My wife doesn't listen to this, but we're going to Kenny G, baby. Oh, man. Kenny G getting that sax on. See, uh, see I, I don't know how this works, but like Aaron gets to go with me to Kenny G. Cameron gets to go to me to Sublime with Rome and Beyonce. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure, you know, we're, we're kind of all over the map here, aren't we? I mean, Atmosphere was on that Sublime show, too, so I think I'm winning. Also, um, I know things about Kenny uh, G that I can't state on here because uh, we'd probably get the podcast sued, but I don't like him. Uh, there'll be a documentary coming out about that in the next few years. Stay tuned. <clears throat> okay. Well, as long as there's it's... actually a really good documentary about him on HBO. Um, the one with Miles Davis uh... in it, right? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a it's kind of a documentary about why do why is he polarizing? Um, very heavily involves Kenny G, but it also it's fair to him, even though it is also critical of him and and his his style of jazz. But it, it's a really interesting, um, really interesting documentary. But with that said, while he's not my total cup of tea, 
he is an absolute joy to see live. I'm sure. And and he really he's Seattle's own Kenny G, having gone to Franklin High School. Let's not forget that. Yeah, that's right. We think about all this music that comes out of different places, like San Jose Earthquakes. Who do they have? Smash Mouth. I mean, that's about it. <laughs> Los Gatos. Los Gatos son Smash Mouth. Uh, uh, they still play at Sofa Fest in downtown San Jose a lot. Who does San Francisco have? Uh, you know, there's not really that many great art. No, I'm kidding. There's <laughs> a million great artists out of there. I mean, okay, wait, wait, wait. If we're going to go to San Francisco, who who's going to be your 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 artist from San Francisco? Are you going to go with like a Santana? Are you going to go Journey? Uh, what direction uh, are you going? It's, Matt, it's, Matt Nathanson? It's tough here on uh, Music Scuttlebutt, the, the place where we just talk about music. But, uh, you followed know. By, followed by F1. I, I think I would go with uh, John Vanderslice just because of not just MK Ultra, but his impact on indie rock and the and the indie scene in San Francisco with uh, tiny tiny telephone, tiny little studios, yeah, whatever, or tiny whatever, yeah, yeah, his studio there, yeah, just close. So yeah, I mean, but you could also go way back to some of the the, the progressive rock and psychedelic bands too. So, um, but yeah. more, most importantly. Oh yeah, getting my drink on. Liquid death time. Ooh, Nicholas, what do you have? Well, first I should probably crack it. Ooh. Felt good. Uh I always tend to go with Rainier when I'm on when I'm on with you. Yeah, a little Ranye West and and Mr. Aaron, you're not drinking. No, I have something. It's Poppy. Ooh. Do you know what Poppy is? I do. You're going to be regular tomorrow. I, about one of these a day. These are phenomenal. And I, I, I'm not a big soda guy in general, but I like having some like bubbly, whether it's beer or just something. But uh, for having COVID like I have right now, mm. sucks. Probably why I sound a little sensual. It's uh, a it's a, a good probiotic. Sensual man. A probiotic. Drink, it is right? prebiotic. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, it's got it's got pre poop. Of- I don't know. Uh, there's a couple of brands I mean, of it that I, I enjoy as someone who has Crohn's disease and thus needs to uh, engage in good uh, biotic practices. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like we're in a Mass Effect video game. Uh, but with that said, Poppy, is that like liquid heroin? What is that? It is now, man. I'm every we're, Costco, baby. You can get a bunch of them. They're awesome. They're, it's just really good, healthy. It's like a soda replacement. Yeah, prebiotic it, soda, twenty five like calories. A soda with some fi- it's yeah, almost no calories. It's got fiber. It's got some, uh, you know, usually some acidophilus or yeah. something there. I love drinking fiber. Mm. <laughs> it's good, man. Good Try it. Um, but I what wish it was a rainier for sure. And I wish we were talking about soccer. So let's get to it, okay? Some oh. scuttlebutt. Oh, there's soccer let's, to talk about. Like the let's fact, do some scuttlebutt. Like the fact that Stephen Fry. Got completely. We'll get there. By the MLS. We'll get there. Ugh. Slow down, children. Slow okay. down, children. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. First, first, and that is actually, I wanted, that's probably one of the first things I'm going to talk about, actually, uh, or bring up. Um, but we are in the playoffs now. The wild card is over. Right. So that just happened last playoffs. night. Correct. Playoffs. <laughs> that, that joke's old. Uh, it never gets old. Uh, that is correct because we saw Red Bull, New York. Uh, defeat uh, the clit over there in uh, New York and advance. They found it. You mean? Yeah, they 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 found it for the first time, and and it was like a what, like five one or it was a, a five two rubbing. Um, yeah, 
you know, and they of course broke our record for consecutive uh, playoff appearances, which is a bummer. But uh, and then uh, I got to be honest. Well, I we allowed them. We allowed them to do that. Let's yeah. be, let's be real. We allowed them to do that. I, I turned on the KC uh, San Jose game and then got distracted by the video games uh, Starfield. So uh, I don't I don't know what happened at the end of that one. Would one of you enlighten me? KC won on penalties, I believe, four two in penalties. Was it one one or zero zero? Nick, you or no? They did win four two in penalties, and I think the final was actually zero zero. Yeah, it was zero zero late. Exciting. So, uh, yeah, poor San Jose. Yeah, I guess whatever. Really? And All right, I mean, so they're in. Real quick though, shout out to SKC because I hate Peter Vermees with a passion, but they were one of the historically worst teams in the history of MLS the first half of the season. I feel like they were so bad, and to turn it around, like same with Portland, even to have a chance. I know people are gonna be mad. I say, God, but for Portland even to have a chance to make the playoffs with how bad they were, one of the hotter teams. Like yeah. yeah, they. I mean, they choked down the stretch, but I mean, they're Portland. Yeah. Yeah, I just wish that Kansas City would have fired Vermees and just like Portland fired uh, Savarese, but hey, that's just me. They're never going to fire Vermees, unfortunately. I know. That guy is the reason why so much is wrong in the MLS from the way they referee to, um, you know, the way they hand out uh, uh, Disco. Yeah. His style, his style of... Basically, it's the soccer equivalent of the NFL. Like, oh, you can hold on every play because they're not going to throw the flag every time. Yep. S- same same basic concept. Yeah. So that means that if, with FC Dallas winning, they're uh, – no, FC Dallas, we were already going to play them, right? Yeah, yes, correct. They were seventh seed. So we got to watch the wild card or not and not have it affect our match. The only – or our seeding. The only – match leading into last time we recorded was LAFC playing Vancouver. And that actually ended up being a one, one draw with Vancouver tying it up. I think uh second half and that actually gave us second seed. So they they might play each other four straight matches in a row. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if they, they go, the three, if they go all three legs, they're going to play four straight matches in a row against LAFC. That's nuts. Can we talk about the format real quick, just before we move on to anything else? Because the I'm, next one will be the the finalist awards for the year. So yes, okay. go ahead. I'm seeing a lot of people in Sounders land complain, calling this the dumbest thing ever. And I wonder if it's because they're just being exposed to the idea of it now. I I mean, as I've said on this podcast, I like it because it's a true home field advantage. And when there's a home and away, you go on the road first, and then you kind of have to wait and see what happens. And as we talked about, the Sounders would always end up being down one nothing or two nothing and having to play from behind, like. Here's a chance for the Sounders to take home field advantage and really push push it. Yeah, and I kind of like the idea of total goals not counting in this round. Um, hey, you play three games, you got to win two of them. Uh, kind of more of a you know a baseball type of scenario where you could lose ten one and then win one nothing and then one nothing again and you end up winning even though you've been outscored ten to two. Um, I'd rather have that than those situations. Well, I, you know, I don't know if I'd rather have that. I ultimately let's, let's try it out. I mean, MLS is very consistent. We've been in the league for, I believe 14 years and there have been seven different playoff formats in our 14 years. Well, this lends to, I feel I, I, I wasn't too excited about it earlier in the year. Um, it's just seems like it's super easy to get in. 
And that's probably lends to how SKC got the opportunity to, and Portland almost the opportunity to, with how terribly they started. However, we know the see the, the league's going to get bigger and bigger. There's not just a couple more teams. They they want to get NFL or greater size, right? So it'll that should even itself out if we keep this format. And I am excited to actually just see it play out. It's only one round of this three best of three series, then it's the knockout. So you get the best of both worlds. Um, let's see who gets to the final and hopefully that's us. So I'm holding my reservations, trying to be excited about it. Uh, and I, I think if it allows a team like us, where I know everyone keeps saying we're hot, we're hot, we're hot. I don't see us as hot. I see us as meandering along, you know, yeah, we're unbeaten in nine, but how many actual wins do we have in that two or three? Like well, I, 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 I counted it because okay. FC Dallas is unbeaten in nine. And they have oh, two wins. You know, the, the reality no. though is is we're tough to beat. Yeah, I mean that's 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 all season long we've been a very strong defensive team. Yep, uh, we've been tough to beat. We haven't been flashy. We are the New Jersey Devils of the nineties. Uh, you know, just just being not a particularly exciting brand of soccer, but we're being efficient. No, this is uh, this is getting, not getting points. This is a new hockey town in Seattle. I mean, of course, people like me were there in 1917 when the Metropolitans won the championships. But uh, what can you put that in terms of uh, another sport that might also uh, bring bring us guidance? No, is it? No, I cannot. Um, but, but no, the, the bottom line, the, the, my 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 random pop culture reference was referring to uh, in the 90s the the hockey. Uh, was very heavy on what was called the neutral zone trap, which was a very clutchy, not a pretty version of the sport, um, but it was effective at stopping scoring. Uh, so it was kind of like we're gonna we're gonna slow the game down to a crawl and eke out results. And I think that's kind of what the Sounders have done this year. Yeah, not necessarily on the slowing games to a crawl, it just kind of naturally happened that way. But they've they haven't been wowing us offensively, but they've been very strong defensively, allowing us to get a lot of results that um, make us feel like this team isn't very exciting. But then we end up second in the in the Western Conference. Maybe maybe the Legion of Boom of MLS, perhaps, or the the uh, uh, you know, there's got to be some other local reference that we could get, but you know, the, the, the there's no, that's, a, that's actually a good one because I was on uh sports radio this, this week. I heard that the Legion of Boom in 2013 gave up less than 12 points a game. Wow. Yeah. There you go. That is insane. <laughs> so there you go. MLS end of year award finalists. Can we go over that? Yeah. Let's do it because there's some interesting Let's do it. and stuff and there's some snubs. Of course. And then, of course, we're going to talk about Nico, everyone. Um, so for the MVP finalists, we have Luciano Costa, Tiago Almada, and Denise Buanga. Buanga. So the FC Cincinnati for Acosta, Almada is with Atlanta, Buanga is for LAFC. Uh, indifferent to that one, but if you guys want to make a... A note: Are you happy with those three finalists? Uh, you they are never going to get a. It's it's like how a defensive player rarely wins the Heisman. You're not usually going to get a defensive player on there. I think that's fine. Buanga scored tons of goals. 
Ahmad as a superstar and, and uh, you know, I didn't follow FC Cincinnati a lot, but they're by best far the lot. best team. The best team in the MLS. Best player on the best team. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I think I think those make sense. I don't think there's any sounder I would put above any of them uh, for a sustained full season. Okay, so we'll move on. Ziggy Schmid, MLS Coach of the Year finalist, Bradley Carnell, 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 St. Louis, uh, Wilfried Nancy with Columbus Crew, and Pat Noonan. Good old Pat, Patty Pat. Good old Pat. Pat, Pat, Pat. How do you feel about those three? No, Brian Schmetz. I think. Hey. Uh, I'm okay with no Brian okay Schmetzer, with but I do think someone got snubbed. And uh, as much as it pains me to say it, it's um, Ben Olsen <laughs> uh, really? for, for Houston. Houston yeah. has quietly been, I, I'll be honest, they're the team in the West I don't want to play. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and I think, while I agree, I, I think you – it was going to come down to Ben Olsen or uh, Wilfred. And, uh, you know, you knew St. Louis coach and Cincinnati coach were going to get it, right? They're they're the, the two best teams in the East and West. Uh, Wilfred and Nancy, I think we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but he came in and brought, you know, he took a Montreal team devoid of stars and made them excellent and then left and the whole team fell apart. And now you see him do the same thing in Columbus where – he has a really unorthodox system that has completely revolutionized how his teams play the game. And I think will have an impact moving forward in the MLS because it's not as, oh, we're just doing a 4-3-3. It's players shift in and out of positions. It's much more fluid. Uh, it, I, I feel like it's something that if Brian Schmetzer were a little younger, he would be into just because he loves to play through the wings and stuff like that and the way our defense already shifts in certain times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, he... He's impressive, and I, I like what he's doing. So I think based on the way he's innovating the game in America alone, uh, he deserves to be there. But but you're right. Houston's coach, uh, with what I think is maybe less talent than any of those three teams, uh, getting the results they did probably deserves to be there. Well, I think uh, with to your point with Wilfred Nancy, uh, it's really interesting. One, he's he's apparently really great with youth players uh, really connects with them and really, really gets the most out of the youth players and uses youth players. That's part of what is success in Montreal was coming from. But the comparison there is it reminds me a little bit of how the Sounders stole Ziggy Schmid from Columbus uh, with the way that uh, Columbus stole Nancy from Montreal. Uh, He was still under contract. He was, it was I'd, I'd be very curious to get some more behind the scenes details as to what happened there, but um, but it's clearly paying off for Columbus. Yeah. All right, let's go with MLS newcomer of the year finalists, <laughs> Georgios Giacomakis, Atlanta United, Edward Lowen, St. Louis City, and Lionel Messi, Inter Miami, CF. Schnarf. Uh, I mean, I think if it depends on what this award is, right? Is it for, it says it's for newcomer as defined as a player who has previous professional experience and made his MLS debut. Now, is it only for MLS play? Because the impact Messi had on inner Miami overall was huge. And, and on the league was huge, but he only played mm-hmm. what six MLS games. 
Um, I think there's other players in Miami that actually deserve this more than him. Uh, from like Robert a, Taylor. Robert Taylor. Yeah. Like was I this think, his first season? Uh, I'm pretty sure no, it was. I uh, I'd have to double check. And and maybe also blew my mind that he's finished. <laughs> like Robert. Yeah, but it, it, he's he's I think the player I would hands down give it to if he if he qualifies just based on the fact that he was on a like third division team and like making pizza or whatever and then suddenly is playing alongside uh, Messi. So uh, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, here's my question though. Do you think that uh, Lewin is the right answer for St. Louis and not Roman Berkey, who's, you know, got a lot of talk of being a potential MVP finalist for Yeah, I think Berkey. St. Louis? Yeah, like, I agree. I think Berkey probably, I mean, we all know it's really Sam at dinner on, but he played last year for the Founders, so he, he couldn't do it's it. Just, it's just really, I just can't get, I can't get worked up on this. If, if Messi gets it, so be it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to get worked up either way. Um, and you know, he's going to, he's going to put that in the center of his mantle. Yeah. Robert Taylor, <laughs> came in, Robert Taylor came in last Next year Tuesday. for, for uh, inner. So that's okay. why he can't qualify. Well, they have. Yeah. Uh, MLS young player of the year. Finalists. Diego Almada already mentioned him. Atlanta United, Duncan McGuire. Orlando City SC and Aiden Morris of Columbus Crew. Don't know any of them other than Tiago. You you can't be a finalist for MVP and not win this award. Right? It's, it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm surprised he is allowed to be on it. Like, what? I know it's for 22 and under, but he's been in the league. This, I mean, isn't isn't he been in the league like three or four years now? To me. This should be for a newcomer that's young, not not someone who's just 22 or under. Um, I understand the eligibility criteria, but I would much rather see Aiden Morris, uh, you know, um, uh, Josh Atencio, players like that. Then, mm-hmm. and I don't even know who Duncan McGuire is. Then uh, Almada being on there kind of annoys me, but I agree he he should be given this hands down based on being an MVP. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a, it's a product of, it's kind of a product of the nature of this league. These, these awards are kind of not ill defined or not ill defined. I think some of these awards have been around for quite some time, but the league is evolving so quick, especially in young players with the young DP initiative. You're going to see situations like this where they may need to rethink how this award and, and really, he's only been in the league two years. He came in at 19 and turned 20 right as the season was starting. So so I, I guess he does qualify. I think he's just so good that he seems like he's been here forever. And and hey, I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, I would love this this final three to be three players who we're talking about selling for millions of dollars to to you know overseas. That's kind of what the league is trying to get to. Um so I can't get worked up over this. Um, let's see if you guys get worked up over the next two I'd like to talk about, or next three, really. But do you are you guys okay with me skipping MLS Assistant Referee of the Year, Referee of the Year, those, those are Progress amazing. Impact Award? Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Referee of the Year at least. Actually, Referee of the Year. I want to okay. talk about Referee yeah, of the yeah, Year okay. because I have opinions. Yeah, like I, I have no idea who Freeman is, here. but Rebus and Uncle are both well-known to Sounders fans. So what are your opinions there, uh, Nicholas? 
I mean, let's put it this way. Anytime, anytime good old Ted is, is anywhere near the field, all I can think about the entire time is a certain South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut song. Um, because it's... <laughs> what would it, my boy Tano do if he were here right now? That's not the one. No, but shut your fucking face on He's a boner-biting bastard uncle. <laughs> <Yeah>, you're a, <laughs> a boner-biting um, bastard uncle, fucker. <laughs> they make cut your dick in half and serve it to a pig. Yeah, no. And though it hurts, you'll laugh and dance a dickless jig. Man, I just don't get it. Um, he's he's bad. He's just so bad. How, how do you even? How are you even quantify a final? Like, how, I'm guessing. The it, I guess criteria the, here. I'm guessing there's a wrong call. Like, there's there was a way for the league to because the league does bars turned over. Yeah, the league does. I guess there's a stat. Yeah. A pro, there's just pro. The evaluation, sure. Yeah, pro just doesn't care. Because they're what, I mean, pros being a union watches out for their people, and so there's no actual punishment for being a bad referee. And and that's not me being anti-union. I just think the the league needs to have a better deal with you. The same way I'm not big on the Seattle Police Union. I mean, with that said, I do. Well, there's different. We're not going to get into that, but there are reasons <laughs> to not be. They're both um, referees, though. They're both they're both the cops. But but with that said, there are some young. Um, young refs that I'm really interested in seeing it. Like, uh, I think uh, Alex Chilovitz is one of them. Um, just one that, that comes to mind, but there, there are some, some refs that are, are definitely okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just Daniel looking... Radcliffe one. Daniel. <laughs> what was his name? You got it right. Radford. It right. <laughs> Rad... No, Daniel Radcliffe. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you have it right. Isn't that Harry sure Potter? Right. <laughs> that yeah, it is. is. But you know, um, the red card wedding referee, he's one that we don't like. Heard some interesting stories about how that came down. Uh, s- s- apparently, the the way I heard the story is that he was set up to fail from the get go. That he was given this game as a oh okay, you want to you want to be a center ref in MLS, well, you should be able to handle this kind of a game. And they kind of set him up to fail. That That's kind of the story I heard. Of, I'm paraphrasing severely. And fail but, he did. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're not wrong. Ethically. Um, so, but are we okay with the assistant uh, referee and progress impact award violence? Because one, for the sake of time. I don't want to dim- uh, yeah. diminish yeah, yeah. I don't, I haven't any winners any here. or They don't affect me. I don't know community efforts, the the efforts of them. I mean, I know Nagby is always really involved. Bedoya has done great things in Philadelphia. I have never even heard of Taylor Washington. So yeah, I can't, I can't really. Got a great last name though. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'll go with one. I think we can all agree on that. And we're happy that he's on this list and he probably should win it. And that's MLS defender of the year with Yamar Gomez Andrade for our Seattle Sounders. Matt Miazga for FC Cincinnati and Tim Parker and Yamar I think has had a, a phenomenal season and I think he's rightfully there. He's the first bullet point and I, I think you should take it home. What do you, what do you think, Nick? I am very curious to see how that voting goes. Um, very curious to see how that voting goes. I, I am appreciative that Yamar keeps getting uh, accolades. Uh, somehow there are, 
times, depending on what you want out of a defender, where I'm not 100% sure he's the best defender on our team. Um, so that's kind of a good thing for us. I really like some of the things that Jackson, Jackson Reagan does for the team. Um, it, it's different styles of play, but we're, we're a little spoiled on that. And, and obviously with the number of clean sheets we've had this year, th- those results kind of bear fruit. Um, so I'm just really happy for Yamar. I'd love to see him win that. Uh, with that said, I'd also like to point out that it's really annoying when you look at the MLS official website that they do caps lock city in St. Louis city. Uh, they don't do it for Orlando city, but they certainly do for St. Louis city. And that is just well, that's, cringeworthy. Uh, but that is how St. Louis stylizes it. Does it, does Orlando stylize it that way? I, I, I don't know. I'm just saying it's cringeworthy. Yeah. I mean, it's that's very cringeworthy. That's, that's St. I'm Louis name, right? That'd be like not including FC on the Sounders, but uh, I'll agree with you, except for on the Reagan thing. I mean, I do think Reagan is solid and amazing. I love him, and I think he's our future. I don't think he and, – and there was games this year where Yamar struggled. But I think Reagan is more potential than than uh, actual uh, years and years of solidness. I worry that uh, because Cincinnati and St. Louis did better than us that they might just get the award. But, you know, Tim Parker – i think he froze we got a frozen cameron wow (laughs) but to kind of finish this part yeah i think miazga was with uh chelsea right not everton chelsea right that feels about right a few years ago um that sounds right yeah I'm not a big follower, um, but, but yeah, and, and well, to, I actually want to say something, and and, and Cameron can miss yeah. out on it as he comes back to the room. This is great when we have three people. His computer just crashed. He said, "All right." So I made a note watching the St. Louis City City SC game, and I found myself seeing Reagan finds himself in situations, and he does things that Yamar doesn't, or it or where he's not, but not in a bad way. It's like a yin and yang situation. Yeah. And I, I think that's what makes our back line consistently perform so well. Um, and yes, he is younger, but he's not that young. He's what, 25 now? 24, that feels he's 24, right. 25. He's, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a grown man. He fits in the league. Um, I, I think that Yamar is just such a stalwart and no one will, will beat him. We kept going, Cameron. Welcome back. I was just saying that Good. that Reagan is a, is a yin and yang, and I made a note of that uh, watching the the game um, last week. So and to, yeah. I think I think they are a good tandem, but I think Yamar deserves to have his name up there. Oh, now with that said, like I don't think I was advocating necessarily for Jackson Reagan to be one of the final three. Um, yeah, but okay. I do think that they both bring different styles to their game, and and frankly, I. I think they're both, you know, I think they're both MLS all-star caliber center backs in this league. Agreed. All right. So that didn't have much contention to it. MLS goalkeeper of the year finalists, Roman Berkey, St. Louis City FC, Roman Celentano, FC Cincinnati, Pedro Galese, Orlando City FC, 
no Stephen Fry. Cameron, why don't Stephen you go ahead Fry. and see if you're if you're if you're working actually? <laughs> Let's see if you Yeah, I mean they're they're all worthy goalies. Uh, you know, uh, I think Berkey is obviously the best goalie in the league and deserves to win. Ah, nope. Uh how how do you not include Fry, who had uh two more um shutouts than Berkey? Who had uh, I think only there was one of the players had like two more saves than him, but worse save percentage. Like I, what is it about this league that hates Stephen Fry? Why is he always overlooked? I mean, he's clearly been the best MLS goalie on multiple occasions, yet he's never won the award. He's been snubbed time and time again in different ways. Uh, he was snubbed from getting a TAM contract from the Sounders. Uh, back in the day, by the league, uh, by the way, and, not by the club. No, not by the club, by the league. Well, what is it about uh, Stefan Fry that these people just hate? I mean, he's the someone had to take up Nick Romando's mantle after he retired. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing. I actually, Nick Romando was probably my favorite player in the league that never played for the Sounders. Loved watching that guy. Play. Oh yeah. He's probably the best goalkeeper easily yeah. in, and, I mean, I, I love Fry, but he's not Nick Romando. Nick Romando's longevity alone gives yeah. him. But well, first off, Fry's longevity is starting to catch up. Not quite Romando levels, but it don't, don't sleep on that. But keep in mind, Nick Romando, who arguably would, would make almost everyone's top five goalies in MLS history, where you rank him may change based on opinion. Uh, also never won goalkeeper of the year. So, I mean, the, the modern Stefan Fry by Cameron. <laughs> He's just so like angry at my hot, my hot Cameron. take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, and he should always be a finalist. I think we can all agree on that. I think in 18, in yeah. 18, he should have won it. Um, I feel like 18 was, Sachs, was that politics was of year. wanting. Yeah, that was where we wanted to boost for the sake of selling on uh, our goalie to a, to a big, you know, uh, a Champions League, perennial Champions League power team. Uh, give him the award. I, I feel like that was more political than anything because – how you didn't give Stefan Fry the award in 2018 was just shocking. For sure. And, and, and this year, I mean, the argument for him to not win it, I can understand that. Um, we've had a really good defense, right? Yeah. The clean sheets isn't always the keeper. So you look at save percentage and he's not the best one. And who who's the one that had like 127 saves? Who, which one was that? I'm not entirely sure. I know it wasn't Berkey, but it, I'm no, I mean, uh, this is a really valid point because think about uh, like Casey Keller's final year. He had to stand on his head to stop some of those balls because our defense uh, was not the same quality as it is today. Then again, mm-hmm. none of the defenses in the league were. Uh, and and that was a Casey Keller show versus, you know, there's been time where we talked about it on here where Fry maybe seemed like he lost a step, although that's been reversed in the last uh, you know, few months, and I wonder yeah. how much of that is planned for contract or yeah. or what. But uh, yeah, it's it's been an interesting season for sure. Berkey. And I'm not even gonna say necessarily. Yeah, yeah like I, I'm not even entirely sure that Fry was the best goalie. I do think he was 
one of the top three goalies. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And he was on Hercules Gomez's show. I saw a clip on Twitter about that and I shared it in our discord, which I have yet to mention. Look in the show description, join us. Um, And he, Stephen Fry made a comment there that I was like, you know what? I, I love that perspective. He said, after 2018, I stopped setting goals for myself where they was out of my control. Or things like this are completely out of my control. This shouldn't be a goal for mine. Then that I think that's a good mental health perspective to only try to set goals for yourself that you can achieve, that you have the power of any power or say in getting there. So it's frustrating that he's not on here. I'm I'm sick of it, to be honest. But, you know, let's take his his perspective and just say whatever. Or not. You can be pissed off. That's my opinion. I mean, at this point. It's, I want it for him as a fan because I want him to get that recognition. Um, But as a, you know, MLS Cup MVP, a Champions League MVP, uh, I mean, he's gotten a lot of accolades. People know how great he is. Um, So I can't be, I'm I'm not going to get too overworked up over it. Uh, But I, I just, I want it for him because... He's been our guy for almost 10 years now. Question. Yeah. Do you think there is a bonus in his contract if he gets named as a finalist and or wins it? And do you think the Sounders lobbied the league to take him out of it as part of their hardball negotiations for resigning them? Zero chance. That's got to be it. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure the bonus is in there. As a matter of fact, I'd be shocked if it wasn't in there. Um, but to the second half of that statement, zero yeah, chance. No. We're, Breaking we're news: playing. Sounders play hardball. No, I'm I'm thinking more about the Nico discussions we're about to have that have been way over the top this week on Facebook and Twitter and elsewhere. Okay, and we'll get to that after this last one because a Seattle Sounder is a finalist, and I think he deserves it as well. Um, MLS Comeback Player of the Year: Joao Paulo, Seattle Sounders. Alan Polito, Sporting Kansas City, and Miles Robinson with Atlanta United. Joel Paolo for me. I mean, obviously I'm a homer, but he's... I can see Polito getting it. Uh, I mean, he got 14 goals in 28 games. Um, what, what, so Polito, what happened to him and... Um, ACL, I think. The ACL a, as well. He, he, yeah, he was one of the like major forwards for them that got injured the early two yeah really early um like uh, so i if he if joao paulo is not going to win i hope it goes to alan Polito. um with that said i mean come on joao paulo just how can you not give it to him And, and especially something like this a category like this this is the kind of category where, as we talked about earlier, the league tends to shy away from players that don't necessarily get the offensive numbers. Um, this is an opportunity to really recognize some of those players that do that hard work but may not get other recognition. How many goals did Polito score where they lost the game this year? Because they barely made I mean, they squeaked in the playoffs, right? I don't know so. if that's fair, considering how bad Kansas City was. I mean, for me, I don't see. I love Jopalo. There wasn't he didn't come back to the level that he was beforehand, and 
and it's not his fault. The way that we're playing him is different. He's no longer playing box to box. He's being forced to sit back and his partner will move up. But I just don't think it's flashy enough for the league to even give him give him the award. I, um, you know, ultimately for me, this should be impact on the team. Same thing that I think about MVP. MVP shouldn't be the person that scored the most goals. It should be who had the biggest impact on the team, who was the most valuable player on a team. And and for that reason, I think he probably deserves it. I just don't think they're going to call it that way. I think they're going to give it to Polito probably because of, of those numbers that Nicholas just said. That's fair. Okay, should we talk about it? How about did the it. how did Nico spread this news? Did, what was the? I was. He started with the Instagram. He's, he made an Instagram post after the game where he had jumped in the crowd. You know, it was funny because people kept sharing it, but it wasn't obvious that it was from Nico. It was very strange. Uh, but he posted on Instagram that he wouldn't be returning after with pictures of him after he had jumped in the crowd and given his jersey to a uh, kid in the crowd after the game in St. Louis. And then there was a sounder at heart. Um, I think Nico is that the name of it. Nico, Nico. I think Nico Moreno. Nico Moreno. Um, Who basically let Nico Lodero tell his side of the story, which um, I question the veracity of the way he puts some of those things because of what we know about how sounders do um, have these conversations with people. And, and stuff like that. So, uh, uh, but you know, it, 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 both people are going to have their side, right? Well, yeah. Uh, well, how do you feel about it, Nick? Well, first off, I'm going to, both things can be true. One, Nico is, deserves every bit of love from, from Sounders fans. Uh, we are the club we are due to him being on this team. Uh, greatest signing in MLS history. You cannot make an argument for a better one, in my opinion. Uh, with the results from when he joined the league to, to today, it's it's just any team would love the success that we've had. Um, let's see, one, two, three, four MLS Cups, uh, League's Cup Final, Champions League, uh, trophy. Um, just how do you, how do you, how do you argue against that? You don't. With that said, um, athletes are always going to, believe in themselves they're always going to believe in their, themselves and you know it's a it's a sports business uh we saw this play out with ozzy when we let go of him we saw this play out with brad evans um and in both cases they believed that they had more in the tank to give and i think we're seeing that right here um in both cases they really didn't 
no, no, no. Ozzy, Ozzy had yeah, a Ozzy, yeah, Ozzy uh, That's true. I, from, I'm blinded by, I, or guess the his years with Atlanta. Just being with that, well, that's kind of well, he haze my ACL. memory. He's tore his yeah. ACL. Yeah, so that, yeah. I mean, in Minnesota, Ozzy was a baller. He, he, he was wasn't. Baller. He wasn't the same level of player that he was for us, and probably didn't deserve the contract that he would have. We would have had to pay him to, to be that, considering. You know, when you have yeah. Gustav, I mean, come on. But, but yeah, I, I I will echo that 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 we still got some good years out of Ozzy. I still think it was also the right decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now keep this in mind as well. What people don't know about Ozzy is we did him a really strong solid. The MLS contract rules at that time were if we had offered him any amount, then it would have prevented other teams from signing him above a certain number by not offering him a contract it allowed him to earn more and it didn't give like a cap restriction off of how much he could earn kind of one of those weird arcane roster rules much like as we alluded to earlier where Stefan Fry was wanting to be given a TAM contract by the club but the league stepped in and said no 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 he's not a TAM level player um I don't know if that's still the case. Uh, so I don't know if that necessarily would apply to Nico in this situation. Um, but but the MLS roster rules are so convoluted sometimes that it, it's hard to get a full picture of of everything. And, and people who maybe don't know those rules might get the wrong idea of, oh, they're disrespecting Ozzy by not even offering him a contract. Well, if you if you know he's not going to sign for this amount, don't, don't put him in a position to hamper him from earning more. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that about the, the cap that we, the, the solid we gave him. I didn't know. I didn't know that. That's, that's interesting. I mean, that, here's the thing with Nico. He has been at the top of his age bracket since he was 16 years old. He is an elite athlete. At some point, time catches up with you, but you still have that ego. And this isn't a bad thing. I'm not criticizing him. I'm just saying the money he wants, he might be able to get somewhere, but giving it from the Sounders is going to hamstring the Sounders. He got paid too much this year. Please don't say hamstring. We get too many hamstring injuries (laughs) on this team. Yeah. You know, like uh, if he wanted to come back and be a super sub off the bench at a just below TAM level player, I think still start. He would still start some matches. Yeah, rotation. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and I question that actually because we're probably going to bring in another DP to to mix things up. At which point he becomes maybe third on the that depth chart. But. If he wanted to, if he wanted to do that and and be a leader for the youth and stuff like that at a little less money, you know they would have. I'm sure they would have had him back. And it's not disrespectful to him to be like, look, we can't afford to pay you what you've been getting paid. I'm sorry, but your skills are not there anymore. I love Nico. I think he's the greatest Sounders player of all time in all 50 years. Greatest Sounders player. I think Raúl was on his way to surpassing him, and then he pulled a Felix Hernandez and fell off a cliff. But uh, I also don't want to overpay for someone past their prime. And this is something that bothers me about Seattle fans. It's not just soccer. 
It's other sports where they're willing to pay money for nostalgia. No, if you're, it's, it's baseball, who cares? That's made up money. There's no real salary cap. But if it's in a sport where there's a salary cap, think about what we could have done with all that money from Nico this year. Could we have signed a player that had the same impact he has for far less and been able to bring in another player? Yes, absolutely. Imagine the amount of money we're going to have and the kind of DP we can sign when you freed up Nico's contract, when you freed up Ariaga's contract, when you freed up some of these other contracts. You know, it's suddenly the Sounders can sign an impact player the way Nico was an impact player back when we brought him in. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're, You're not, not wrong. wrong at all. And and I think taking that to the next level, I think there's also a a risk that even if you bring him down to a more uh, contract friendly, something that would work for what the club's needs were, is that going to have a negative effect on the locker room? Um, and I'm not saying I'm I'm not alluding in any way. As a matter of fact. I think Nico's got the right attitude right now where he's saying, Hey, I am done with the Sounders after this year, but I am going to give my all for the playoffs, no matter how long it is. So, so there's nothing that makes me think Nico's a locker room cancer at all. But I do look at those last two years of Diego Valeri in, in Portland, as an example uh, of one of the dangers of holding on to a player for too long. Um, we see that happen in other in other sports where where you know do you do you do you hold on to a player you know a year too long and pay the price or do you let them go a year too early and and, and good teams tend to do that unfortunately um and I can't criticize the club for doing that and also Craig Weibel wants to make his impact on the team. He can't do that with a bunch of players that are not bought into his system. And I'm not saying Nico's not, but Nico's a relic of a different time in Sounders history. Yeah, I think the time's right. Um, maybe I didn't think that earlier in the season, and maybe we'll get to that in a second here with our New Year resolutions that we uh, did the first episode of the season, the three of us. But um, my final thought, and unless you want to add on to your guys' I feel like you kind of gave your your juice on it. But mine is that I love that what he's done for this club. I think he is the greatest of all time. If, like you said, Cameron. Most um what he's done for us is just the moments that we've had, the amount of games I've cried at because in a good way, you know, 2019 and and like the Champions League, like He's he's just so amazing, and he's and and I'm I'm happy that it's seemingly I wouldn't say mutual, but it's not to your point, Nick, that it's not causing any issues seemingly right now. It seems like you know they're a locker room; they talk, they all know what his position is before we found out. Let's just get it out there, nip it in the bud, and let's go. Full focus, focus on on, on this goal, which is winning an MLS Cup, and we're in a great position to get there. Um, sounds like your computer's working, Cameron. <laughs> no, it, it's crashed. Another that was it crashing again and coming back on. Okay. So well, glad you're on your phone. So anyway, I'm. It, it it sucks to see a beloved Sounder 
play his final matches with us and final regular season match, the carnation match. Um, but the fact that it's not going to be kind of just under the surface throughout the, the playoffs, I think is a good thing. I agree. I agree. And, and, and to your point, some of my all time favorite memories of this club and this club has had a huge impact on my relationships to the city, to the people that I know. Um, Nico was a large part of those opportunities being created through, through the success of, of his play. And so um, I'll always be very, very grateful. And again, I will make the argument best signing in MLS history. Right on. So let's go through these New Year resolutions, if uh, you guys are okay with that. So we still have time to talk about FC Dallas and a little bit maybe um, how we feel we performed against um, St. Louis. Um, Yeah, let's bust bust through them, though, so we don't don't take up too much time. So to, to refresh the first episode of this season, we went through what we projected to be our starting 11. So that alone is going to be kind of interesting to read through. Um, and then our what they would say is their New Year resolution. So not ours, but like from their – I believe that's the way, the perspective we put. Like, So anyway, let me read through. We'll start with goalkeeper Stefan Fry. We presumed he would be our starting keeper. We want him to stay healthy, dominant, and be goalkeeper of the year. <laughs> I think he did everything on his side. Yeah. Yeah, he just wasn't even a finalist for goalkeeper of the year, but we went over that already. We chewed that gum. Um, Next one's new who. Focus on what he does best. That was a quote from you, Nick, and Cameron. You said, move on. I feel like I've been vindicated, but a lot of people disagree with me. Nick? I think, I think, you know what? We'll we'll see what happens, but ultimately, I I don't think my opinions change too much in in either direction. Um, yeah, Reed Baker Whiting, baby, that's all I mean, I'm going to say. I mean, he's I'm got, excited. He, I'm excited he to see hammy. that he pulled his hammy. He's not going to play uh, probably Harvey the first Deputy? two matches. That's yeah. why he was pulled yeah. out of the St. Louis two, match. Uh, the Schmetzer he's post, out not post game two uh, games. Yeah, training. Dang. Um, yeah, so definitely won't see him. The first round, if we win the first two, uh, there's a. I think it was like iffy for the second match, um, possibly the third. I don't like that. I don't like that either. Roe is fully healthy, but New Who's available. I still still think New Who is top left back, and I think I think I mentioned this in the last episode. He doesn't seem to have so much of that same um, little bratty attitude, or he, he looked a little more involved in the last few matches, but. Anyway, while I mean, the, the thing about new who for me is um, when he was being underpaid, we were getting such tremendous value out of it. So great. Now we're paying him about what he's worth. And um, and then we you start to get a wandering eye when you look at an underpaid Reed Baker Whiting and go, who scored? We can get pretty much the same. You know, we can get, you know, uh, same quality different type of player but same quality for lower cost yeah you're gonna get you're gonna get that wandering either substantially lower cost for quite some time um ariaga starting center back stop making mentals and don't lose your job to a 20 year old 
22 year old man strong now, rotation and no mistakes that was nick so cameron yeah, you said you said don't lose your job to a 22 year old and nick said uh, strong three rotation and no mistakes yeah let's let's put that in context reagan fell apart at the end of the last year to the point where he was delegated down to uh tacoma defiance and then melted down at tacoma defiance uh in the playoffs allowing just some horrendous goals at the end there some huge gaffes so the fact that he's recovered how he has is pretty phenomenal hey i thought like i said i i thought it'd be a strong three-man rotation like the days of chad marshall kim kihi and roman torres um i was not because i believed in jackson reagan but i don't but he over exceeded my expectations for sure um I thought it was going to be the other way around. I thought it was going to be Ariaga and Interesting. Neymar. Because maybe this is revisionist history, but I'm pretty sure uh, I thought if Reagan could get back to his season form, he'd be starting. Because I, I, I wanted Ariaga gone before this season. I was hoping you were going to trade him because of that 600. I remember you feeling that way. Yeah, I remember you feeling that way. And yeah. and kudos to to Reagan to have kind of like you just mentioned, Cameron, a, a kind of a, a falling apart at the end of the season, both at, at both levels. And then to have an off season training, and then I think been steady Eddie. I mean, they've had they've had their mistakes, but every center back does. You look at the clean sheets. You look at how how he unlocks from that back line, uh, uh, like Yamar can't do. Although Yamar can can do some things too with the ball. He tries, <laughs> but um, but there's something like the switches that that Reagan's able to do, and feints that he can do as just a center back with the ball is is scary, but also impressive. But he's also Six foot five, six foot six. He's huge and he's nimble. Yeah, he's got he's got Chad Marshall potential for sure. And Chad Marshall's without a doubt the greatest defender of all time in MLS history. Well, is isn't the award named after him? Correct. Yeah. And that leads yeah. us to Yamar, who we all unanimously said should be defender of the year. Looks like yeah. he might be that. He, he might be. He's got yeah. a. You're saying I think he parents. hasn't been as good this year as he was last year. Um, but I also don't know if he's been asked to do something different versus, uh, you know, I think there's been a little more rotation on, on both sides of him uh, in terms of one players on his uh, left or no, on his right, sorry, with Alex and whether he's been in or out based on injury slash being called up versus uh, Reagan is moving up more, the field more this year than he did last year. So it's causing Yamar to kind of have to be a little more, on an island, uh, sit back a little bit in a way that he's never been asked to do before. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think he's solid. He's he's about as solid as you could ask for in the MLS. But Gamar Gamar led the league in interceptions with seventy three. Yep. The next highest player had sixty one. So he had a <laughs> full twelve more interceptions than than the next highest. Um, I mean, that's then, more than a full game. That's two games worth of interceptions. Oh, 100%. And then, and then before that, um, then the next closest player was 58. So really, if you're, you know, once you're outside the top five players in the league, you're, you're starting to get down to 50 and less. So he had mm-hmm. 23 more interceptions than all but the top four players outside of wow. him. He just just absolutely dominating. I was going to say in, this: in the stats, regard. the stats tell a different story. It was when when he said that, Cameron, just from that stat alone. But um, yeah, well, I, think I, I also think. But you also doubled up and said, yeah, that he's kind of been in, put in different positions. So 
Yeah, um, I, I think he hasn't been as flashy on the defense and hasn't been as impactful in terms of breaking up plays the way he has. But mm-hmm. I think he's in the right position to stop things now because okay. he's had to stay back. And and uh, keeping in mind, like like to give you additional context, as far as defenders in the league goes, as far as games played um, and clean sheets, Yamar was involved on all 14 clean sheets. Wow. Jackson Reagan was involved on 12 of them. Um, the next defender with clean sheets uh, was Nashville's Meyer with uh, 11. So, so really just serious domination there from Yamar. Uh, so, so good on him on that. Defender of the year. All right, right back. Alex rolled on, we predicted, and we were, I believe we were correct. Keep growing and make amazing crosses and top three assist leader. I presume for the, on the team. I don't know if that assist leader um, stat came. I think on the team fruition. for sure. Yeah. Okay. And uh, keep growing. I think he is a phenomenal right back now. Um, there was a couple weeks there. I don't know what that was. Uh, he didn't he, look he, hot. He didn't Maybe look like injury. himself and, and his crosses weren't as good. You know, there, there was some travel. stuff going on. And, and we saw him drop off a little bit when he didn't have his brother in front of him. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, and, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And I don't think it's his brother. It's not like, oh, because I think there is an aspect of it where they're yeah. brothers, so they know how to but play I together. I think it's also you didn't have the same consistent kind of player in front of him. Yeah, because yeah, you got to have consistency when you're on the on the, on a really uh, anywhere on the field on any sport. You want to have the same players around you. You know, you know where they're going to be without looking for them. Um, right. And with got, that said, uh, Roldan had had four, uh, was fourth on the team with assists. Jao uh, Paulo, Leo Chu, and Lodero were all above him. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't have any problems with how Roldan Roldan played this year. Um, yeah, I would w- gladly welcome him back as our starter next year. Yeah, agree. Christian Roldan was next. Uh, stay in a consistent position, hopefully on the wing. When he was available, he was. I don't think any of us would have thought that he wouldn't be available for more than a, a couple of matches, considering his history. Um, okay. this complete shock to, I think everybody, um, what happened to him and how long it took for him to come back. I do have to say watching him in St. Louis and made the, even the match before that, but especially in St. Louis, that build up with that first goal for, for, for Rusnak. I mean, he might be actually the most influential player that we, in my, in my opinion on our team. Um, I, I love Nico what he's done from just his skill set and but what Christian does the when we had him up until just before Portland between Portland and a few weeks ago about a month ago now and to now see what I think is a very strong playoff team when a few weeks ago we would say even even before this match we Cameron and I we we entitled the the episode coming down to earth a little bit because it we got all excited, and then uh, are we are we fully there? Uh, Christian Roldan dominated in that match against St. Louis, and um, when he's in his consistent position, the right wing, we're dangerous. Yeah, agreed. He, JP um... MVP comeback at least. Mark it down, Cameron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he. Uh... I think we used him differently, which is why he wasn't up for MVP. Um, but like I said, there you go. My computer just crashed again. Woo. Uh, there is something seriously wrong. That's not good. 
like he said, or like I said, you know, here's a solid player who we are clearly a different team without him. And he, I think, is as important as Ozzy was or as uh, Gustav was to the Sounders when he's on the field. All right. Rusnak, be center attacking mid, be the fulcrum, better numbers than Ladero. Better, better center center attacking mid was Cameron's comment. And Nick, you said, be the fulcrum, better numbers than Ladero. And I think we saw by the end of the season, that's what should have been happening the whole season. That's that's all I'll say on that. Can't disagree with that. Nicholas, we are well, so smart. Listen to this. We like <laughs> we like called everything that was going to happen and, and should have happened this whole time. Gosh, we are yeah, great. Pretty damn, pretty Don't damn you close. agree, listeners? Go on the Discord and talk about how great we are. <laughs> and he can say something I about mean, me too. I, I feel like we need some tissues here with the amount of uh, of, of you know circle. Um, I was gonna <laughs> <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Um, Ladero, Nico accepts deep lying role, excels, and new contract. <laughs> well, said, what, let's what, put the tissues away. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't excel, didn't get a new contract, didn't accept a deep-lying role. Mm-mm. That's why he's going. Jordan I mean, Morris, 15-plus goals, double-digit goals. We were pretty much saying he's going to score a lot of goals. I think if he stayed up top, he would have been, He would have gotten it. He, no, he got his double-digit. He's at the 11 goals. He's at 11? 11. Okay, sweet. well, we, we said 15-plus, but double-digits I mean, is actually Nick. That's Nick, You, I'll give you the credit. You said double-digit. I yeah. said 15-plus. Yeah, I think I think I mean, I think you're not you're both right. Like he would have had 15 goals and, and if he had service, he would have had more. You know and, what I mean? Like Chu had ups and downs throughout the season. He wasn't always first half, last half of the season, first half, mm-hmm. last first third, last third of the season. Chu. Um, but again, Christian only played. He only started 14 games. That, right. That, yeah. Christian, yeah. Chris, another Christian and and Morris tandem is important. I think their familiarity, their friendship makes them better on the field together. They are the the buddy cop movie of the Sounders. But it's the same sure. thing. What's what's really interesting is to that same point, it's the same can be said for Alex and Christian. Like that those those connections, they are yeah. literally the chemistry um that when you put them together, it's like it's like a force multiplier. For sure. Um up top. The last one on our starting 11. We also gave Schmetzer one, so we'll do that next. Rui Diaz, top five goal scorer. <sighs> that didn't happen. Started 11 games. Started 11 games. Wow. Played in So, eight. yeah, 11 games. How many goals did he end up with? Five. So he would have had 15 goals put out over a full season. What was the leading goal scorer in the MLS? Uh, kind of below this year. Um yeah, it was, it was kind of low. I, uh, give me a second, I'll tell you. Uh, da, 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 da. It was 20. And then second place was 17. Okay, so, so he would have so been top been... five in the league had he played a full season. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that, that actually surprises me because uh, he did have moments of brilliance, though. It's just it feels like he wasn't on the field enough to really show us that. Yeah, so, he, yeah, he's not – I don't think he – his skill set really has diminished. He wasn't a midfielder. He wasn't a defender. He's a striker, right? You get a lot more 
more positional, be in the right place, right time, and then convert. And I think he's always been a phenomenal converter. He just hasn't been available. And we actually, I mean, we I don't think before the season we would have expected Leo Chu to be, I mean, he started very hot, and he's been my favorite player all year. I've loved watching him. Um, I've adopted him as my son, and I'm excited to have him on the next year's New Year resolutions. Um, but, yeah, that's a bummer. Schmetzer, openness to evolve. That's from you, Nick. And last year was an anomaly from me. I'm surprised I didn't have a something from you, Cameron, on that one. Considering oh, here, I recall. No, no, no. If I recall correctly, his camera cut out. He had tech problems. Huh, oh yeah, that's right. Here. Oh, that's right. Trend here. that's right. So, so hashtag Schmetzer out. Thankfully, did not make it on the the episode because you would have <laughs> been wrong. But now you're not by omission. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, openness oh. to evolve. Um. Nick, how do you think, since that's yours, over the course of the season, do you think he's done that? Yes and no. I think seeing Leo Chu getting more time was was definitely good. Seeing some of those young players getting some times of Reed Baker Whiting minutes and, and, um, you know, the Josh Atencio Ovin Vargas. Um, Sometimes I don't know if it was so much of a choice as much of uh, injuries and forcing their hands into things. But I think as we got towards the back end of the season, particularly after League's Cup, um, starting to, you know, not necessarily play the starting 11 as as it might have been in the past and kind of getting a better idea of who might be primed to keep for next season. I think there was a little bit more of that. I think I would have liked to have seen a little more, Um, but I'm not. uh, So I guess if I'm going to give it a grade, I'll say a a, a B minus C. Okay. And I mentioned that, that last year was, I wanted it to be last year was an anomaly, uh, anomaly, which I guess is true, right? We missed the playoffs for the very first time, and we're right back in it. And Cameron, you've mentioned this multiple second times. Place we in the average conference. second place, pretty much. We've never been below fourth place. Um, so, yeah. uh, can I can I can I stop for a quick quick second? Yeah, you gotta go. Let's pee. not forget. Yeah, uh, give me a second. Uh, much better. Okay. Gagne. Um. Let's not forget that when we were, you know, we started off really exciting. And, and so there was there was a lot of reason to be really excited at the beginning of the season. And then we kind of ran into a whole bunch of kind of injury issues. And it just felt like we never could get under ourselves, you know. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not – I don't want to feel like – I feel like we kind of closed on the second half of the season feeling a little bit negative Nancy – but the you know the first first third of the season was a lot of excitement about the way we were playing for sure. Yeah, and I the last third I'm more I, I'm looking back on it for obviously maybe hindsight 2020, but I mean nine nine game unbeaten streak to enter the playoffs, four wins out of those. Um, it's become we've scored more multiple goals now in the last five games than the games we won than we did throughout the entire middle stretch, right? That middle third. The middle stretch I, was rough. Well, I think that the thing is, it's like we weren't the rest of the West was kind of sucks. So we got to float there, 
but we just weren't scoring. We weren't scoring the way we should. But the fact that we didn't plummet when we easily could have, we were on the precipice multiple yeah. times. We've brought it up on the show a few times. It's just like, are we, is this next match? Is this going to be what puts us over the edge and we just can't climb out of it? And we're going to spiral and what's going to happen? He kept, he kept us together. He made the right decisions enough to put us in this position where we're at now. And I have to say, B plus. If I was going to put a grade on it. Now, keep my 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 grade was not on his overall coaching; was strictly on the adaptability and the, oh, okay. the you know trying. So that was strictly on that one aspect. Um, you're gonna; it's gonna be really hard. I am the yin to Cameron's yang when it comes to Brian Schmetzer. Uh, it's gonna be really hard for me to criticize him. Um, and and sometimes I'm, I've got. I a mean, little... he deserved. I'm going to give you this. He deserves credit for holding the team together. I I'm curious about things still going on in the locker room, just based on some things that Zakawani and Evans had said on their podcast throughout the season, especially during the low parts of the season. Um, I still question some subs, but he's paid for for what he do, does, not not me. But most importantly for me, uh, I. <laughs> I know it's easy to sit here and be like, oh, well, we got second place, so everything's fine. This is the same argument Jerry DePoto made about the Mariners when it was like, look, we were one win away from potentially being in the what we'd be now in the World Series. When what I saw was we had to have the worst season in the history of the Western Conference with some historically bad play from other teams for us to finish in second. Now, none of that means anything if we turn around and we're hot through the playoffs and make a good run of it. But right now, it, it, uh, that's what I'm stuck on. This, this to me is the Seattle Mariners. We, we, we were lucky to be where we were based on what would happen throughout the season. Now we're full strength. We saw what could happen at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think if if we play the players that are hot instead of favorites moving forward, we have as good a chance as any to win the championship. And how great would it be? For us to hold host Garth in Atlanta in the finals. Now I feel like you're. I feel like this is kind of a personality test of of your of people's optimism and pessimism uh, default standings. There. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Seattle sports test. Fan, so I will always be pessimistic. <laughs> And that's like, they just need to call that out for context, you know, Myers Briggs, there's the Smetzer. Yeah. Because the reality is the reality is for me is going to home games this year was a little rough. You know, there were, yes, it it, it was a little rough. And, and, and I found myself leaning more on the community. I I sit in the bro sit, I stand in the bro men. And I almost Every game this season, I was taking my three-year-old daughter, who literally sings every Sounders, you know, every ECS song with me during the game. She's, it's great. So this season was great for that. It wasn't always great for the on the field. There were times where it wasn't as exciting. Um, It was rough. You're right. It was rough. Sometimes I was only there to see Roma. That's it. I I was there to see your daughter. Like the, I was not confident we were gonna win, but I'll get. I know I get to hang out with the cool little three year old that's gonna sing along. And and that's kind of, um, 
you know that, that's that's obviously not what we want to see. We 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 don't that that's not ideal. Um, but it's because we've set this standard for excellence with our club, and we have this history of excellence with our club that 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 we're feeling this way this year. Um, there are thirteen other teams in the Western Conference that would gladly change places with us. Uh, you know, so let's not lose sight of that as my pseudo optimistic take there. Now, if Zidane wanted to come here, what would you say? No. <laughs> what? No. As a player? No, as a coach. Come on. Oh. <laughs> he said he would only coach the French national team. But if, if suddenly he were like, you know what? Let's move oh. to Seattle. No. I heard Saddam. No. Saddam? No, yeah, that's no, what no, I yeah, heard. Saddam. I'm like, if what? If Saddam wanted to come here, <laughs> is no, he dead? I'm talking, about, but... I'm talking <laughs> about the greatest player in the history of soccer, not named Lionel Messi, Zinedine Zidane. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when you said French, I was like, I think, okay, thank God. Sometimes, Cameron, your jokes are get, totally get me out of left field. All right, um, so that wasn't joke. Oh, no, no, I was serious though. What, what if a no, major I, coach I, wants to come to Seattle? At what point do we go? Well. Uh, do we start over younger uh, just because we backed into second place? That's a bad comparison just because we didn't back into second place. Are you suggesting uh, like, like, like replacing Schmetzer for, uh, to chase after, you know, the hot new thing and, and yeah, yeah, no, no. Bottom line is, is I wouldn't want this for our player acquisitions and I wouldn't want this for our coach acquisitions. Two things. One, we have a long history in the MLS of coaches who have had great success outside of this league, coming into this league and failing miserably. This is a unique league with the large travel size, with the roster rules, things that go, you know, in other leagues are, are not acceptable here. So one, I would never want to see us uh, replace Schmetzer for, for a new shiny, shiny with that said. Now, now if you ask me, Schmetzer says he's going to retire at the end of this year. What do you want as your next head coach? Now that's going to be a more, that might be a different kind of conversation for and sure. And we'll save that for an off season episode. Yeah, I think so. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, Schmetzer stays until he no longer wants to, because I know in my heart of hearts that while a player will typically have that ego where they will think that they can turn their, you know, turn it around and, and continue to play at a high level. Schmetzer has too much love for this club, for this culture where he will not, where he will step down if he is no longer capable of being the leader of this team. I have zero doubt in my mind that that is true. Which is uh, what you want out of a. We are, we are spoiled. Doesn't even doesn't even begin to say how unique what Brian Schmetzer is to this club is in professional sports. Name me another coach who was born in the city, played for the club, spent over forty years with this club 42 43 years because he was signed 3 years be, or 3 months before I was born and and I turned 43 next month um 
So 43 years in the Seattle soccer community in various roles of the Sounders and and, and that, that doesn't happen. I, I Maybe there might be a college football coach somewhere, but, but hasn't brought their teams to that level of success. What we have is so incredibly unique. And, um, and I don't think people fully understand and realize just how unique that is to have a, a person so in tune with the community and the culture of the community because he's lived it and has been it. So I, I always keep coming back to that. And I, and I, can anyone come up with another example that's even close? I mean, I was thinking Alan Hinton, but he didn't play for us. He started as a coach in 1980. Um, and we know about him, but, uh, like and I don't Lindy, disagree with anything. Lindy, Lindy I, I, I very much like you know, Brian Schmetzer as a person. Yeah. I think he's a wonderful coach. Uh, my criticisms are less about him as an individual and more about the way less our holistically. coaching. Less holistically. It's how our coaching staff runs together. And when he doesn't have a, uh, a, a, a Pineda who's come up under him, who he trusts, who can tell him, when, hey, let's change this. You are not doing it right. Uh, I don't think that exists currently. I don't think – I think Freddy Juarez was filling that role at, uh, at part-time this season, didn't step into it last season, but I don't think it's to the degree necessary. And I think I think we need a, a stronger uh, group of people doing that to to be successful. More, more voices equals good for me in that instance. I can understand – your criticisms for sure, because I think there has been now, whether it's coincidental or not, I feel like there has been a change when uh, Jimmy Troy, Troy and, and Gonzo Pineda left the club. Um, and to a degree, uh, Ravi, I, I'm not going to be able to pronounce his last name properly. So I'm not going to try. I could probably spell it. Um, but as we lost some, and then obviously Chris Henderson, we lost a lot of talented people in our staff. Um, and I don't think that it's a coincidence that we're struggling for some consistency on some of those results. It's it's hard when you are so good for so long and you keep getting poached. Um, it takes time for new people to, to step up into their roles. And, uh, and, and then, and that's assuming that they're the right hire in the first place, but, but, but those things are going to happen when you're, when you're a successful club. Um, For sure. I just don't want a Seahawks situation where, you know, Pete Carroll is good enough to get to the Seahawks to the playoff every year, but I don't ever see us winning a Super Bowl without some real lucky bounces that we're not there. I think we have the talent and the coaching to win the championship this season, but I just don't want to end up in that place where we see some other Seattle teams. And that, that, that is a completely fair thing to think about. Um, but as long as we're still averaging a major final, basically every season under Brian Schmetzer's tenure, um, you know, question real quick question on that note by getting second, in the West, under the new rules, we qualified for uh, CONCACAF Champions League next season. Is that correct? We, didn't we already? 
Uh, oh, we uh, no, we did not by winning. No, no, no. no. Remember, they reformatted. It's for every four years. It's like a World Cup. No, that's for no, 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 uh, no. That's, that's Club, for World Cup. Club World Cup. I'm talking about Champions League itself. Oh, by winning Champions League, you don't qualify for Champions League the next yeah, time. Yeah, no, the, no, you don't. I wonder but, about that. Well, Nick will look it up. Last year, that was the case. I don't know if it's they changed it again with new tournaments and whatnot, Nations League and or Leagues Cup or whatever it all is now. Well, it is the MLS Cup champions, as always, the U.S. Open Cup champions, the Supporters' Shields winner, the Western Conference regular season winner, and then the next two best clubs in the Supporters' Shields. So, no, we have not qualified. The teams Oof. that are qualified for next year's Champions League are Cincinnati, St. Louis, Orlando, Columbus, and Houston. And but then if, but whoever the Louis... MLS Cup is. Um, oh, and and Miami. If St. Louis wins it, though, then we would then we would default be the next best Western Conference, wouldn't we? Not necessarily. That usually tends to historically be open to MLS's interpretation. Um, Fun, because just because we were the like, if St. Louis wins it and they were the Western Conference regular season winner, it doesn't necessarily mean it would be second place in the Western Conference. It might fall down to the third best team in the supporters shield standings don't know those kind of things tend to be we should they let make it up the rules as they go out. along we'll so let it why play don't we out. just win the whole goddamn thing yeah and uh and get back in well the first step to that we try to bring this home a lot of review a lot of review yeah, yeah, yeah. an got, hour and a half of review yep Let's, let's um, we haven't even. This. We didn't even. I'm not even going to put in our our halftime music, the fight song, because we're know. 90 and, minutes and you know in. What? Let's go Here's right what into. We'll say about St. Louis, RBW, awesome, Rusnak, awesome. Uh, they started their starters, and yet we still were able to uh, pull it out and have a huge win in a a, a big game where we had to win to get second place. And I'll say yeah. that St. Louis, uh, you know, performed up to their nickname, the Punks. I think Klaus was uh, kind just, of a that's punk just in that the match. one, the one uh, supporter group who friends of ours. Uh, I will say, um, without getting too much into it, let's save it for the off season. But the way that uh, we we need to mention the fact that St. Louis would not allow the Iron Front logo or the anti-fascist, uh, anti-racist, always Seattle stuff to come in um, in clear. And um, they kicked they kicked some supporters out. Yep, and clicked two supporters. people out for it in clear violation of the uh, code of conduct, which I helped write, uh, the league code of conduct. So we'll we'll talk about that more at another time because we could spend a whole episode on it. But that, that mm-hmm. was quite disappointing, and I would expect that the league will be um, having conversations with them about it based on uh, it. And someone, someone from Twitter, from St. Louis Twitter, clearly um, – saw a comment I made and I was getting harassed about me calling them out for that. Um, and you know what? So be it. So be it. I stand by what I say. And it, I don't think there's any coincidence that a, the only club in the league that had a problem with us flying that flag this year just happens to be 20 minutes outside of Ferguson, where the Department of Justice had, uh, where the Department of Justice had uh, sanctioned their police department for racist behavior, um, 
Obviously, there were a stream of riots and protests in Ferguson uh, about about eight years ago, um, and clearly, um, clearly, they think it's okay to. And, and you're speaking of the club, not necessarily the fans. You know, shout no, out there were yep, the supporter groups correct. did supporter support did us. Stand the supporter by, groups yeah. did go to their front office and and cry foul Advocate. on behalf of Sounders fans. Yes, uh, and shout out to the St. Louis supporters on all that. I way to directly communicate for their supporters group communications director. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, my, all my right. Criticisms was towards the team, and I'll leave it at that. My not the fans, towards the team. My thoughts on the game, real quick. Uh, kind of already mentioned it, but uh, I thought it was a great performance. I think I'm glad we went in there uh, knowing that we had we still had something to play for, and they. It was a fun. It was it was a fun match to watch. I thought actually it was, the ball was flying around on both sides. Got testy at times. Uh, I, I think our play was fluid. I think our communication was great. Defense played solid. Stephen Fry was solid. The the rolled ons Morris connection on the right giving Rusnak a and, and and Rusnak I feel like has had a number of opportunities this season where he should have scored um, and just sailed it in one way or another and he opened up his hip and just slotted that ball right into the corner. So the, the low left corner there. So team played great, great for RBW getting his goal. Bummed I will say the highlight for Nick and I of the game, uh, we were together, was probably the pick six that was run back for the only touchdown of the game. Yeah, we were at the Husky football game watching it on our phones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we were we had it up. We had I was on one game, he was in another game. We were looking who's gonna win, who's gonna lose, where are people gonna finish? Come on, Vancouver, hang in there. It was exciting. You know? It was, it was, it was, it was funny because Cameron Saturday. Cameron had us loaded up for had us loaded up for Sounders. I had us loaded up for making sure Portland wouldn't qualify. Uh, you know, the important things were taken care of. And you, you guys know, were we getting loaded. Covered. Uh, that's also true. <laughs> Truth. All right. Now, yeah. preview, short preview here. Um, sucks we're 30 minutes in and we're going into playoffs. We're going to a, a fairly short preview. But FC Dallas is on a nine-match unbeaten run just like us. They've only won two of their matches. Um, where First off, do you like the lineup that we rolled out? Or basically, it really comes down to does Nico start? Or do we do the exact same lineup, but we have Nuhu on the left uh, left back position? because uh, Reed Baker Whiting is not going to be available. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, mine's easy, so I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. That, that lineup with uh, obviously new who placing RB, RBW uh, is the lineup that gives us the best chance to win. I think that should always be our starting lineup. Nick? Yeah, I think that that's great. I think having the ability to bring on Nico and Raul off the bench. Um, this is the year and this is the time where for the time being you bring them with fresh legs to change a game completely and to get some offense in the end. Just think about that. How amazing yeah. to bring players of their quality off the bench. And, and they'll come off the bench and the penalties are going to be important. Um, there's no extra time in this round, right? Go straight to penalties. That's a really after good full point. Time. That's a really yep, after injury point. time. It goes and straight, so you're gonna have no you're gonna have Rui Diaz, Nico, if Freddie Montero, <laughs> who can come off the bench. Wait, what's you're grimacing, Nick? You don't think Freddie can slot one? No, I think he can, but I just don't see how you in a tie game 
With where are left. you putting? I think you sub him in as your final sub. Okay, yeah. okay, that's maybe, that's uh, my point for Freddie Montero. I'm not expecting AD him Sissoko to move. A, yes, I, I mean, don't. Uh, I think you have to bring up Suzuko considering how good he is at penalties. Uh, yeah, no, that's my Freddie only point. Need, he, they need to be out there. Yeah, yeah. Here's I mean, I think Freddie shows that. Who are your five? That, who, who are your five penalty takers that in, in in these playoff games? Who do you want as your five? That's a good question. Yeah, Rui. I think he. I think he got it. That's Ru, Rui Diaz, uh, Montero. Uh, I, I don't even think Lodero, uh, Suzoko, and then J, uh, JP probably JP. JP, but maybe me. Chris. Uh, well. After the U.S. game, maybe not Christian. Um, Rusnak? I don't yeah. know. Rusnak seems like someone that might hit the post. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I don't know. I, he's clearly talented, obviously, and he's clearly capable. I just if there's any one of them of that, like what would seemingly be an obvious um, best players to put, I think he's the, the one that the might have is, the doinker. Though... But thing is, is Rusnak going to get subbed off for one of those other players? Yeah, I mean, he gets subbed off for Nico. You know, that's that's the thing is. So yeah, I'd be very. You know what? Let's just let's just go up three goals. Yeah, Screw yeah. It. let's not worry about it. Let's not worry about it. And, but and, if it comes down to it, and this has been a tale of two different teams for Dallas too. They were dominant for portions of the season, and other parts of the season they looked hapless and lost. And you know, they kind of backed into the playoffs a little bit. Uh, they did get a couple, I think, uh, you said they were unde- unbeaten uh, in their final nine like us, but they only had two wins in that process. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of ties through that. And they finished uh, seventh. They finished seventh. It's not like they right. were. But, but they were out of the playoffs at one point during that day. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, scores had a change for them to jump up. And... Uh, you know, I, I don't know which team it's going to get. They are not as unlikable as they used to be now that their goalkeeper is no longer, uh, was it Jesse Gonzalez? Uh, yeah. Gonzalez. I mean, I still don't understand how he didn't get a red card for choking new in that game where, um, you know, Jordan scored one, maybe two goals in extra time for, uh, overtime for, a hat trick. That was the last time we played them. The playoffs was 2019, right? Uh, on our way to yeah. the MLS Cup. Yep. So, yeah. uh, I'm I'm not taking this lightly. I think they're a great team who could beat us in any of these games. But I think we are the better team if we show up. Since September, they have only two wins: a three-one win. Uh, on the road at Salt Lake, a 4-1 win on the road at LA Galaxy. Everything else has been a a number of 1-1 ties, and, including a 1-1 tie against us, and uh, you know one 1-0-0 tie against Houston, 1-2-2 tie against Atlanta. Um, so you know that kind of tells me that maybe they're you know they're struggling to score goals as well. I think it's going to be really hard to beat us, especially in a, a series. I I think our talents off the bench that we mentioned, uh, the way we're playing right now, fully healthy, um, predominantly right. Reed Baker Whiting I isn't I don't think going to start over New Who um, in the playoffs if he was healthy too, but he'd get minutes. Um, I I have 
I have I don't know about blowouts. We haven't we really haven't seen a blowout in a very very long time. We very we could because I think they're playing they're gelling right now. But this is a two one win I think coming up on Monday. What's your prediction, Nicholas? Well, honestly, both teams are in the bottom four in the Western Conference in scoring goals. Uh, both teams have scored 41 goals in the regular season. Um, difference is Seattle's allowed less goals. So I'm going to say one nothing. Seattle. And I'm going with the Sounders scoring a first-half goal pretty early on. Uh, Dallas then tying it shortly into the second half. Uh, seems kind of familiar, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, we win 4-2 on penalties. Oh, we're going to, we're going to penalties. You... Wait, you're going four two on penalties. What do you think is exactly going to happen in penalties? Are you are you saying some missing, or are you saying some multiple saves here? I think missing, and I think Fry is going to want to get paid and is is going to make up for uh, his performance in penalty situations over the last. I was going to uh, say. I'm going to say. I'm going to say Fry is going to make a save, but the replay is going to show he's went off the line. <laughs> yep. Accurate. Accurate. Um, that is that's very I, accurate. Not, I, point. So four, you, we'll say 4-3. They miss, They hit one off the post. Fry gets one save. Because honestly, the the problem, I, I, I love Stefan Fry so much. Um, penalties are not where he makes his money, you know. Uh and and the times when he does make those saves, it, it, it's many times where, oh, he almost got it. But then you look at the replay, it's like, oh, and even if he did, it would have gotten called back because he left his line early. Um, he does that a little more than I would like to see. But we all got Seattle winning. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I think game one for sure. I think how, I think it'll go a long way to showing what happens in game two based on how game one plays out, though. For sure. What is the how far apart of the games? Are we going to get another episode? It's like second one Monday, is on Monday, Friday. Other Friday. way around. Monday, Saturday, Friday. Monday, Saturday, Friday. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's in Saturday the in fourth, Dallas, and, and the following the Friday in Seattle, if needed. Yeah. Ooh, if if it's an if needed one, that'll be a birthday match for me. My day, my birthday's the day before, and I nice. typically don't do anything. Wait, your on birthday's my birthday. the ninth. Yeah. My we birthday is the eleventh, so we are perfectly matched. So it'll yep. be, it'll be. We'll split the difference. So Colin and Roma's right after that too, right? It is the fourteenth. Um, so here you heard it here first. If it goes to game three, we're gonna have a scuttlebutt, big old big old party somewhere. We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get some beverages before the game. Yeah, and we are going to um get silly. We should just record an episode live at a bar that day. What we the, where am I going to? Well, I guess where would we put our stuff before the match? In my car. Remember, I get a pass so I have to take a banner. Didn't your car just get broken into recently? That, uh, that was like three months ago at South Center Mall. Sure. Well, I've but, never had my car broken into, so that's recently for me. Yeah, but, yeah don't okay. go park at South Center Mall. They keep uh, If you're around South Center, be careful because they are stealing cars out there. Okay. Well, you know, let's keep that uh, keep that idea open. That'd be pretty fun to get a little uh, schmamp, get really scuttle buddy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, this has been a robust episode. Um, Nick, thanks I think this for... is the longest episode ever. Maybe besides our very first one. 
Uh, yeah, the the preseason primer. That was about two hours. Yeah, the one where we did a game that took like three hours. Yeah, with Jackson. Yeah, well, we've learned from. Well, maybe we have. We have full circle <laughs> with no game on this one. We brought, but we did the New Year's resolution took some time, but I wanted to do that. That was good no. timing for it, and it was yeah. uh, interesting to read through. I think it was great, and I'm, it's always fun having Nicholas on. And um, you know, it's important to know that you can find Nicholas at places like at Nikita Banana on Twitter. Where else can they find you? Uh, at Instagram at Cascades to See. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it really. Yep. I'm on the, uh, the, the Twitter slash X at legal minded punk, same on Instagram oh. and, uh, blue sky. And if uh, anyone threads. needs a blue sky, if anyone needs a blue sky invite, hit us up in the discord because I've got a few to give away. Uh, nice. so I'd love to, to hand those out to whoever needs them. So if you need a blue yeah. sky. And like I haven't moved to blue sky, but. I have it reserved just in case that's what we end up doing. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what blue sky is. It's the Twitter killer supposedly, but it's yet to kill it. Um, but rumor is that X is going to start charging to uh, even tweet. So if that happens, I think it dies. So uh, be ready for blue sky. Okay. Well then save one for me, Aaron, I guess. <laughs> where can we find you? Well, I'm on Twitter for free right now at A A R O N L I N G L E Y. Cool. And uh, you, of course, uh, will at some point check the Sounders underscore Scuttlebutt on Instagram, where I send funny videos for you to watch all the time. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I'll, do it right. I'll do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll do it. I'll do it off mic just to say I did it and we can talk about it. But I'll get better. Yeah. I, I just got to remember, just jump on when I'm pooping. Right. Just when everyone else. Yeah. Does. That's, you know, that's what the phone. That's what social media is best for, because that's usually what you find on it. Oh, I just opened up Instagram. The first thing I see is Cascades to see you and Roma, Nick. I'll see oh, you out right in front of the stadium. All right. That's the see? universe telling me to check more often. All right. And and James. Here we'll show wait, us wait, wait. T- what before James before James I, I need to clear the air here. Aaron, how many goals have you scored on me this season in Bub League? Like six now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This is, this is not a this no, is not no, a no. You podcast. deserve to actually bring, you say amazing. the truth. I'm glad you, you remembered. <laughs> <laughs> and not, oh, and oh, I might not be there this weekend because of COVID. So I'm pretty bummed. If you think me. I'm not listening to these podcasts, even oh, you if are, I'm you, not on, oh no, me. I am listening and I am, <laughs> I am furiously texting. Like you son of a no. <laughs> Yeah, I I hope I hope to be there this weekend, but um, uh, obviously the house is full of COVID. Do- Gracie's tested negative. Uh, she's just fighting, the, full of energy. My wife, uh, she's because she got it before you all, and she gave it to you all from from daycare. You know that could I was just assuming it was Vegas. You know, I was at a oh. conference with fifteen thousand people in a room, and then went to a rooftop party, which was no. Pretty, it was your daughter. Blame, blame the children. Hey, maybe if she's testing negative and she's been a full ball of energy, which has been a complete pain in the ass for us all week, because we of course are not sending her to daycare. We're just been at home, literally haven't left. Pulled up to Target, like pick up, throw it in the trunk, please, to get some like Gatorade and stuff. But I'm feeling a lot better. But I don't want to risk it this weekend on anybody. Um, and so and probably gonna, probably that, gonna miss it. That's a good point. If you uh, are thinking about COVID, don't be afraid to wear a mask if you're in large places, even at games. Like, 
I I have had my mask at the Hussy game. I didn't wear it once we sat down since we're outside, but I wore it while walking through, you know, on the train and places just because COVID is taking up right now and, and a lot of people are getting it. Thankfully, we are largely vaccinated locally. I just got my latest vaccination, the new one yesterday. So uh, if you don't have that, uh, listen to Travis Kelsey and date Taylor Swift. I mean, go out and get that shot. And uh, is that an know, option? It's, it's uh, he's he's like the voice of the vaccine on TV. The Pfizer. Like he's the, yeah. And that's actually what I got. I'm still Pfizer gang. All eight of my shots have been Pfizer. All right, let's bring it into port. James, take, take us away. Take it away, James. Take it away. You can follow the Sounders Scuttlebutt podcast on Twitter at SSFC Scuttlebutt. And for all inquiries, including questions for the gents or sponsorship opportunities, please email contact at scuttlebuttproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show for new episodes following every Sounders FC match. And don't forget to share your feedback by rating and reviewing. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BritVoxus. That's BritVoxUS. We'll see you at Lumen and go Sounders. Alexa, who's the best MLS team of all time? Seattle Sounders are both unequivocally and the best MLS team of all time.